Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Fam, Friends, and Magic, a Magic the Gathering podcast brought to you by Swagoy Gaming. My name is Bill Grennan. Everyone calls me Brasky, and as always, I am joined by the Mighty Linguini, Caroline Cavanaugh, Conan Hawk, Eric Hawkins, and Mr. Toolshed, Sean Gallagher. What's up, fam? Hello. How we doing? Hello, hello, hello. Oh, that's what I like to hear. Those three voices just zooming into my earbuds. I feel good. I feel like we're ready to record a podcast. I think we're all in the best state that we need to record a podcast right now. I'm I don't think I don't think anybody yeah, I think I don't think anybody's less than a hundred percent right now. I mean, Conan Hawk, what do you think? Uh yeah, I'm great. I'm I'm I I sound like an angel, I think. Um, you know. Gotta sound like you look. It's true. It's true. I'm upset that you rolled past my joke. It was a really good joke. Oh, I didn't even hear the joke. I'm sorry. I was too busy (laughs) being selfishly talking and starting the podcast. I said I'm in a province, not a state, because I'm in Canada. Oh, snap. It was so good, and you're just like, nah, ignore Carolyn. (laughs) Have to talk about sick Eric. Well, like a typical American, I just just ignore the Canadians at any point, and I was like, no, I'm talking. I'm important right now. (laughs) I talk now. So Conan, uh, tell me, you know, knowing that your voice is not 100% right now, looking at the show notes, are you prepared uh, to deliver that one-hour presentation on uh, everything Jun sacrifice? On filibustering? Uh, yeah, 100%. Um, you'll hear me slowly fade away as I go, and then you bring the cat back, and then you sacrifice the cat, and then the cat becomes food, and then the food becomes a trail trigger. And then it just keeps going like that. God, it feels like you're just slowly fading away. Like, and that's, it's like that scene in, in Back to the Future where he looks at the photo and, the, and then the, the picture just gets dimmer and dimmer and dimmer before it fades away. That's like you, but just your voice. Oh, I got one. Hold on. I've never seen Back to the Future. What? I knew that was going to elicit some kind of response. You've never seen Back to the Future. <laughs> no, I'm only 27. That's no excuse. <laughs> that's a weird excuse. <laughs> I guess it worked a lot better when I was. I'm only 17, but I can't. Still not, still weird I can't sit here and be like, I never learned how to ride a bike. Hey, I'm 33. <laughs> I've heard the first one's the only good one, right? Isn't there three of them? There's three of them. Uh, I, some would argue, like many fantastic movie franchises, like you know Rocky or uh, or Rocky again. The second one could be the best one. That I and like the Godfather, the second one could be the best one, but you're correct. The third one is not as good as the others. I like the second redo of Rocky. Uh, what is it called? Creed. Those ones are pretty good. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad. I'm surprised that you've uh, that you know Creed, uh, but you haven't seen any of the Rocky movies. But then again, you are 27. <laughs> yeah, I just turned 27 too. I used to be even younger than I am now. Is that how that works? I've never had toast before, but don't worry. It's because I'm 27. It's just such a weird excuse. We made it to... Uh, 27-year-olds don't do that. Yeah, I've been alive for 27 years, but don't worry. I wasn't expected to know how to, I don't know, put the lid on the milk bottle. Do you guys have milk bottles? (laughs) That was a stretch. Uh, We did it a long time ago. I failed. I didn't know where I was going with the joke. Is, (laughs) Is Canada back to the future? Is that how that works? It, in uh, some provinces in Canada, we have bagged milk. That That is old. It, it is it's old real. School. Not in my part. Today I learned going to Canada is like time traveling. Yeah. But we're much nicer. So I was looking this up because it was important to me at the time. It's not important as much anymore because we're done talking about Rocky. But I was wondering if, so the Simpsons, they say the Bart doesn't know his Roman numerals. And he goes, 
uh, wait, hold on. Rocky five plus Rocky two equals Rocky seven. Adrian's Revenge. And I was like, did we ever make it to Adrian's Revenge? And we did with Creed. True. Creed is the seven is Rocky seven. No, actually. Well, Creed, yeah, the first Creed is Rocky seven. Creed two is Rocky eight. Nice. Yeah. This is worse than the Fast and Furious movies. Well, sorry. I, I, oh, wow. Listen, I've, I've, seen, so I've seen plenty of those, too, because, hey, I am 33. Hey, I'm 27. I've seen them all. So. It's true. And hey, we have a podcast to get to. And before we dive into and really go down the rabbit hole of movie sequels, I want to know how everyone's week in magic has been. So, Caroline, let's start with you. Uh, my week in magic. I'm not stalling to get to my show notes. Uh, my week in magic. Um, I got beat up at the MPC, the Mythic Point Challenge. But right now I'm enjoying playing magic, even though I wasn't on the weekend, because Red Black Sacrifice might be good i'm actually really upset i i mostly read it like that because that's what eric showed us were and i stole them but um i'm i mostly am sad about the red black sacrifice thing because it's been like a pet deck that i've been working on and just playing with for fun on arena for a while and i think wednesday like a week ago i don't know what day it is <laughs> about a week ago i messaged the discord and the sokoi thing and i was like hey i think red black sacrifice will be really good this weekend but no one agreed with me or really encouraged me to finish that thought. So I just gave up and didn't practice it. And then I saw a lot of people actually getting like a decent number of wins with it. And I was really sad. I had the right deck. I just didn't persevere. Also, getting up at like 6 a.m. to register for a tournament is really annoying. <laughs> Especially for a tournament that you're not playing like with other people directly across from you. Like you're just sitting at your computer like playing playing against you know random internet people as opposed to getting up early to go to like an in-person event right yeah it was like kind of weird because the this was an unfortunate timing the ladder was also just ending like two hours basically i got up at seven and the ladder was ending in three hours and i hadn't made mythic but i also hadn't made diamond and so it was kind of annoying because i'm like i want to make i want to push some time into the ladder and try and make something like make diamond or something but I also need to play all my rounds in the M- in the Mythic Points Challenge. So it was really, really, like, it was just really weird timing. I ended up playing, like, four or five matches on the ladder before I started the Mythic Points Challenge. Hmm. I also kind of punted. But I guess we'll talk about that in a little bit. I realize it's a different topic. Yeah, we'll get, to, we'll get to what we need to get to on that set of things. Well, for those of us that uh, maybe weren't participating in that Mythic Points Challenge, uh, Sean, why don't you give us some insight to what you did over the weekend? I had a... Pioneer PTQ that I decided to register Blue White in. Um, went medium and 3 2, and then I dropped. It was an A round tournament. Um, I dropped, just like took my second loss, and I like, couldn't top eight at all with that record. So I just decided to leave and go to my friend's house to play DD. Um, and then I also started testing for Detroit. I got Detroit in, what is it, 10 days? Nine days? Yeah, something like that. So it's next weekend. So, like, probably a week after this podcast comes out. Um, where I'll be going to Detroit with Eric and who else will be Brian, Caroline will be there, Tanya will be there, a couple of our other teammates. That might be everyone. Oh, Ben might be there. A couple of our teammates will be there. Um, so I'm just getting ready for that, playing Blue White. I thought I wanted to play the Bant deck, but then I played it um, for about eh, three matches today, and I was like, eh, this isn't my thing. So I'm um, just getting some testing in for Detroit. That's all I've been doing this week. Nice. Connor Hawk, how about you? So, as Caroline said, I got beat up in the MPC on the Mythic Point Challenge. 
Um, but I'm starting to play uh, things that I enjoy uh, <laughs> a little bit more. So I picked up uh, both Green White Adventures and Jund, uh, Jund Sacrifice recently. And I think, um, I don't know, I like it. I'm enjoying my matches more. The Jun food deck is, I think, real. Uh, the the Green White Adventures deck, I don't think, is real. So I'll probably put that one down, but and work on <clears throat> Jun Sacrifice a little bit more. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Enjoying Magic, uh, not forcing myself to play something just because I think it might be a little bit better. Because um, I think I think a lot all the mid range decks are pretty close um, between like Jun food and Bant Ramp and Blue White and stuff like that. I I, I think and like Teamer Adventures. Um, so I think it's, it's, there's a lot of decks out there and I, I think Jun food, if I'm enjoying it and then also doing well with it, it's like probably uh, what's best. So green, white adventures. That is a, that is a color combination. I have not heard that deck in quite some time. How is, how are you feeling about that deck? Is that something that you think, uh, has a little bit of legs in the standard format or is it just like, I enjoy it. It's terrible, but I enjoy it. Um, I think it is better than I thought it was going to be. Um, if you want a deck that's that beats fires almost every time, um, you you like would be hard pressed to find anything that's better against the, uh, the fires deck than green white adventures. Um, but it like has a negative matchup against like teamer um, the teamer adventures deck. Uh, it's really hard to push through damage. Uh, if the sacrifice decks are playing massacre girl, or if they're like the red black sacrifice, you're gonna have a hard time because it's really hard to push through damage through. Cauldron Familiar and Oven, um, but I think the other mid-range decks are fine matchups. So, but I, I think I, I mentioned enough decks where it, it makes it so it's not super great. Um, but it, like you'll beat up on most of the other mid-range decks. But if you like, you know, have the combination of Cat plus Oven or uh, just Adventures, um, you'll you'll probably end up losing the majority of those matches. Nice, interesting. For me, it was diving into everything that is uh, the standard Bant deck that's out there. Because if I'm not playing Esper, I'm playing Jeskai. If I'm not playing Jeskai, I'm lost. I have nothing. I don't know what to do with myself. So this time, give me the white and blue colors, throw some green in there, and I realize, oh, okay, Bant's just Je Jeskai for people who like to cheat mana. Okay, cool. I'll jump into that. So I basically, like... Put that deck together, drop down to some some fairies, you know, through some some uh, the some uh, all you know growth spirals and all some different types in there, and I was like, great, I'm gonna do that. So that's what I played this weekend. There's another deck that I was that I'm interested in playing that I made some maybe some foolhardy decisions with that I'll get into a little bit later. But that's that's kind of what I dipped my toes into, uh, and whether or not I was dipping my toes into uh, the right formats and the right things I should have been playing. That's one thing. I know all of us were kind of dipping our toes into different things with the Mythic Point Challenge. And we talked about the experiences that, uh, you know, Caroline and, and Eric had. But I think, so whatever we dip our toe into, I know a lot of us have dipped our toe into the Mythic Point Challenge. And for some of us, uh, it goes well. For some of us, not so good. Uh, it, it just kind of depends. But there's a lot to take away from this Mythic Point Challenge. And that's what I want to know more about. So, Caroline, why don't you tell us about your Mythic Point Challenge and uh, the results of it and your opinion of it overall? Uh, so I was really, really lost as to what to play. Um, I told myself I didn't really want to play, like, Team or Clover without any games. Because while I think it's fine that like LSV can show up with zero games and get 10 wins or whatever he got, I think seven wins or something. Um, there's, oh no, he got 10 wins. Uh, there's just no way that that's something I can do. Um, 
And so I was like, all week, I was like, what do I do? What do I do? Oh yeah, he went 10-0. <laughs> he, actually, he actually messaged and said that he got, he did lose at least one game within his matches. <laughs> he was like bragging about going 10-0. But anyway, that's not something I can do. So I was trying to find a deck that wasn't Team or Clover that would maybe like beat the meta. And my meta in my mind was like a lot of Bant, a lot of Clover and um, other like weird mid-range decks that were starting to show up and Jeskai Fires. And so I kind of interpreted that um, Mono Red Cavalcade would have been like pretty fast and quick. And I started kind of jamming the deck. It was also just pretty fun. Like as much as it's bad, I, it, it was pretty fun. Some of the other members of the Sukhoi Discord were also super interested in it. And we actually were like talking a lot about the Cavalcade and Embercleave and not Embercleave and um, slaying fire, not slaying fire. And you know, just like we actually tracked a lot of things uh or sorry we actually like tested a lot of different things and that was kind of cool however uh after fnm i came back to the computer and i was still trying to hit mythic and i was just like i couldn't win a game with the cavalcade deck and then i switched to this like gruel deck that that got around twitter earlier that day it was like a budget gruel deck which i made not budget um and i was actually starting to make progress with on the ladder with gruel and i was like oh my gosh am i actually gonna register gruel and so i got up at like 7 a.m and i um I like registered for the event and I was like, oh my gosh, am I actually going to do it? And so I just decided to play Gruel. I was having the most fun with it. Plus it, it did okay against the like mid-range and control decks. Um, but unfortunately I played against three like Jund food decks, which I wasn't expecting. Uh, and even with the trample, like the various trample effects I have in my deck, it still lost. And I was pretty, I was pretty surprised and also sad. It also has a bad Jeskai fires matchup. And I was predicting a little less Jeskai Fires, and I played against that as well. It was like three food and Jeskai Fires was my three, were my four matches. I was like, well, okay. So that was kind of weird. I felt like I panicked and just played a deck I don't even really like that much. I don't, I don't really understand what happened. I should have just played Red Black Sacrifice if I had been smart. But yeah, that was kind of how my, my meta prediction was definitely off compared to what I saw the day before on like coverage and arena and stuff. And Conan, how did your, you know, how did your Mythic Point Challenge go? Did you see a lot of the things that Caroline was seeing? Did you, did you feel like you there was a different deck for you to play as well? What was your what was your thoughts? I like had a bunch of testing and I was do, I was testing a bunch of other different decks. And the deck that I was doing the best with was uh Teamer uh Clover, uh Teamer Adventures, and I just like ended up defaulting to that. And um I kind of wish I hadn't because like even though I was doing really well with it, I didn't really like the deck too much. So unfortunately, what ended up happening was I I got I like played a little poorly, but I also got a little unlucky with like mulligan situations. And overall, like the the experience of the of the uh, Mythic Point Challenge just like didn't really like I really didn't enjoy any of it. I like felt like it was like very laborious for me to play. Had I known like that 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 was gonna be like the way that I felt, then I would have definitely wanted to have switched. But that being said, the the meta game was really weird. Uh, I didn't expect as much mono red as I as I faced. Uh, I faced a few, or I think I faced two mono reds out of my five matches. Um, and then watching other people play, there was a lot more mono red in, in people's streams than I thought there was going to be. <clears throat> like Caroline said, the Jun food and the Rakdos sacrifice deck showed up which I certainly didn't expect like any of those to really show up. 
and I, I actually expected a little bit more like reclamation to show up to like fight the other mid range decks. I didn't really see that either. So like I don't know if I would have been able to guess which deck um, I would have wanted to play. Um, I almost registered the correct choice in my mind, which was uh, Jeskai Fires, just because I was on a like a really shaky internet connection because um, I was traveling, <clears throat> which is where I got this lovely voice from. Um, but uh, and like the games are quicker with the Jeskai Fires deck than like the the Team or Clover deck, so like. If I get disconnected, I don't like I'm not running short on my clock or anything like that. Um, but in the end, I end up, did end up, uh, you know, choosing Clover, um, and I I, I, I kind of regret it. But I, I think Fires surprisingly was probably a very good choice, and I don't know if it's still a good choice uh, going forward because of like the results now showing that food was really good, showing that Clover was really good, uh, and showing that actually Red was like really bad. Um, Red was one of the most played decks, and I think only one person that I know of got uh, 10, 10 point, or ten wins or more, um, or ten wins, or, um, I should say, not or more, uh, ten, the ten win like finish, and um, but just based on percentages, it should have been a lot more than just the one. Uh, you should have seen probably like three or four of them make it make it there. Mister Toolshed, I, I want your opinion on something that I've kind of noticed. It just it really seems like uh, this standard meta in Theros really has kind of gone in cycles it's it's gone from the red decks the best to all of a sudden oh no blue white's going to be completely oppressive to oh this teamer deck's going to take that down to maybe it's a different teamer deck now red's back again and all of a sudden don't forget about jun sacrifice it does seem like there are not only a lot of different decks that have that have game in this meta right now but the best deck uh, never stays up there for too long before everything kind of shifts around it. Is that what your opinion of standard is right now? When you kind of look at how uh, all of these kind of big events that we've seen over the last three weeks, it seems like there is one specific deck that does really well that week, and then the next week falls off a little bit. Yeah, I think that the formats get solved. You have to kind of think about it like, I think with how much magic is actually being played nowadays, so much more magic gets played online than it used let's say five years ago so formats get solved a lot more quickly with the combination of moto and arena so not just standard but like even modern pioneer legacy like those formats get solved a lot faster than they used to so i think that the revolving door of the best decks and standard is just so fast because so much arena is getting played right so the people who want to be the best just grind arena for hours and hours and then they just like build their decks to beat other decks, and then that's just indicative of how much Arena is actually getting played, I think. I hadn't really thought about the impact that Arena has on a very um, l limited meta, a meta that doesn't have that many sets in it, a non-eternal format. And so I think that you might be kind of spot on with that. The sheer amount of Magic being played right now, as opposed to a couple years ago, uh, is is huge in that factor. And maybe that has uh, a larger impact on the meta. Yeah, I like so one of the things that I remember like when we first started the team because we started the team for Arena essentially because Arena was going to make uh Magic into like an esport and and all that stuff. Um one of the things that you'd always see on Magic Online is a new deck might pop up and you're like, "Oh, that's kind of cool, but I don't know, it's one tournament." And then it would like pop up again and you're like, "Okay." And then a couple people would start playing it and then it would finally catch on in paper. So usually there was like a one or two week waiting period of seeing if this deck was any good. 
now with arena you have so many streamers and like sean says the people that are playing are playing like you know 50 matches you know of this deck and you get to see them on streaming and like you just get so much knowledge so quickly and then also like you know um one of the reasons that the clover deck was so good was because like you saw that people were playing elspeth conquers death elspeth conquers death isn't super good against the clover deck so it dodged that and now you see people already adjusting it's like the clover deck is really good i need to play cards like heliod's intervention or planar cleansing or just like something that kills the clover and like you're already seeing that happen like people playing like main deck knight of autumn out of like the bant uh out of the bant ramp deck right to to combat that and then so maybe next week by the time we do our next podcast it's like maybe team or clover isn't good anymore because people have made all these huge adjustments for it and it's like it's crazy just like it, it shows that like the format actually in standard is great because if we can go and be like this is the patch stack okay i have all the tools to beat it then it's really good that you know that there are the tools to beat that deck and then that new one pops up and is the next best deck or whatever and i i think it's really cool yeah Caroline, do you think that it's, it's similar in that fashion with the sheer amount of games that are being played right there? And then you can kind of see how quickly people can adjust their thinking about what's best and, and even more so how they adjust their sideboards accordingly. Do, do we see much more iteration on the game now? Uh, and is that uh, a positive thing overall? Or do you think that there is so much magic being played right now? Like the, the games are going so quickly and the meta is shifting so much that it's really hard to get your foothold on what you think uh, people should be playing. Uh, so I guess the short answer is both. I think in general, it's quite healthy that the meta is shifting, but I think it's nice that the meta shifts full circle. Like suddenly Team or Clover is great again or great at all. <laughs> like that deck came up in December and the majority of people that saw it was just like, oh, this is just a bad streamers deck. And now it's literally ruling the meta. So I think it's fine that the meta shifts in circular fashion like that. I think it would be bad if like everyone went out and bought Bant cards and then suddenly Bant was, you could possibly not play that deck ever. Like that would be sort of bad. But I think a rock, paper, scissors format is totally fine. Uh, rock, paper, scissors referring to like a format where one deck beats another deck and that other deck beats a third deck and that third deck beats the first deck that's not quite what we have here but it's that concept of like one when one increases in in popularity then the other one starts to increase to combat it um and so that keeps the format in check whereas like previous standard formats we had things like oko and just oko um and so um the the reason i said both to your question is right now it's totally great that one week Crokies can stream a Bant deck, and then the next week it's like all over the internet and can, combating everything. Um, and then the following week, you know, someone else who's been number one in the ladder is like, haha, here's my Cleamer Clover deck or Teamer Clover deck. You know, this is great too. I think that's fine. I think it's not fine when the only deck people could play was Oko. And so my long winded answer is it's totally great if play design is able to keep up and to design sets that allow for this much magic to be played. And I think that's what happened in 2019 is that they weren't able, they did not predict just the sheer number of games and solved formats that would happen. Um, like there has been a lot of comments and concerns about the amount of data that's being restricted. Uh, it's kind of a really interesting problem. When I first started Magic, 
there were websites, including Goldfish, that just gave you every single win percentage on every single deck at any point. You could even like select like four or five decks and you could see what decks, like how many cards they had of of each type, um, you know, what percentage were they winning and what met against what matchup. Like you would get exact details for every deck. And then over time, Wizards has been restricting that data that's coming out of Modo. Um, they've wanted to control it, which makes sense. You know, they want they want like the, their data to be presented by their, I don't know what you call them, statisticians. <laughs> um, and that's fine. And then recently we've heard a little bit more about like GP data being restricted. And that's like, oh, okay. Like it's weird that we have a chart where the number of games that's being played for Magic is just skyrocketing. And the number of, of the, the amount of data we get is just plummeting. But that's that's concerning to me. Like we need to have something that matches a little bit in the middle. Like if we're gonna play a lot more magic, we should get a lot more data. Um and so like I I think that they're getting really nervous about how many games are being played and how sh- quickly the meta shifts, and they're hoping, oh, we'll restrict the data. So then the meta doesn't shift very much. It's like, well, people stream for twelve hours, like everyone's streaming. Like like people are just gonna figure it out. Like it, whether or not you tell people that that bad deck has a good win percentage or not doesn't stop them from playing it. So you need to meet us in the middle a little bit. And so that's like an area of contention. And that's kind of what I was talking about, like yes versus no. Um, but the 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 no side is also someone who's a free to play account in arena, you know, put all their effort into wild cards and made a blue blue green flash deck. And now they're like, wait, what? That deck doesn't exist now? Oh no. Um, that's like unfortunate. So there is some negatives to the switching, like the local kid that saves up to build a deck at FNM and then can't play it anymore. Um, those are definitely kind of less cool reasons. I think overall as a content consumer slash maker, sort of, uh, I really enjoy how quickly the meta changes. Uh, and then I can just say Black Red Sacrifice will be good and I'll be right eventually. So that's good. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, that's the thing is that sometimes it's like, oh, well, the cards I want to play, uh, I can't play anymore. And now it's a super feel bad. And it's kind of important to remember that, you know, those whenever there is like a ban and restriction or something like that, that we try to keep them few and far between. And uh, speaking of which, there was an announcement of an announcement of an announcement. And that one uh, comes from Wizards of the Coast themselves and uh, the Magic the Gathering Twitter account said and announced that there will be an announcement of bans and restrictions on March 9th. That's all they said. They didn't say any specific formats. They just said, hey, there's going to be a ban and restriction announcement. Of course, we always want to announce these ahead of time. So keep a heads up of what's go- what it's going to be. Now, there's a lot of speculation about what's going to be banned and restricted from this uh, particular announcement. And most of the talk is shifting in the direction of Pioneer. So, Mr. Toolshed, I want to get your input uh, and being the most seasoned Pioneer player among us. What do you think? Uh, do you think the banner-restricted announcement is going to shift towards Pioneer? And if so, what do you think gets the axe? With how Pioneer is right now, there are a lot of people who are claiming that Inverter is just pretty egregious. And I think there's like two angles of attack for this deck, right? So if you're, if you're Wizards and you're like, we have to ban something from Inverter, do we make the deck completely unplayable or do we just like take away one of their draw spells that's very powerful in the deck and try to keep the deck alive and they just have to change gears a little bit? Um, so like you have to like kind of look at it one of those two ways. 
Um, my guess is that they are going to ban Dig Through Time. If they ban anything in Pioneer, it would probably be Dig Through Time. Uh, Dig Through Time is just a pretty egregious card. I mean, it's it hasn't been legal in a format for more than like 180 days outside of standard, like ever. Like it was banned in Modern very quickly, banned in Legacy very quickly. I want Hawk is it restricted in Vintage? I want to say too. Like it's a very like problematic card. So having it be legal and pioneer makes me feel like they are already keeping a watch on it just because it's um, so powerful. Um, my guess is that they would start there. Just also Inverter is kind of a new deck, so they probably don't want to hinder it too much. You could just replace Dig Through Time with Treasure Cruise. While um, if we just compare Ancestral Recall, draw three cards for one mana versus actual Dig Through Time, look at seven cards, take the two best. Like, they're very different effects, but they're still both very powerful. My guess is that they'll start with Dig Through Time. Um, or if they're on the side of, like, they just want to make the deck unplayable, they'll ban Inverter. But I'm not a fan of that. I would start with Dig Through Time if I was Wizards. Yeah, I, I think also with your comparison of Ancestral Recall um, and Dig Through Time, the, the big thing about Dig Through Time is that in a deck like Inverter, it is essentially a way to find both pieces of your of your combo. Uh, to find both the inverter and you know whatever your Jace or your, your or your Oracle, yeah, um, where like something like a uh, a treasure cruise will fill you up with cards, but it's not like you're it's not like you're a a deck that is interested in a lot of resources. You're you're interested in specific resources after you do something like thought seize, right? Like yeah, it's, that, it's the card quality over card quantity argument that we've had for that the two cards are different in, right? So. Yeah, Dig through time it, is card quality. Dig treasure cruise is card quantity. Yeah, but like it's like it's like so like you know something like Phoenix um, is interested in in interested in just the amount of cards, right? Because they want to bring back a Phoenix and they just need to play three spells. Where this one, it, like you like you said, it, like it's it's the quality of the cards or the specific uh, specificness of the cards, I guess. It, there's been discussion as well of a few. If we're sticking on the topic of Pioneer. Uh, some other folks have suggested maybe some other pieces that go along with it, something like something that's newer, like Sasa's Oracle or something like that. Do you think that there's other cards that are sitting there that could also see a little bit of shift away or a, a little bit of, you know, we're going to take this one. We're going we're to take this piece and we're going to put it away. I personally am not a fan of banning cards that are just like innately very weak. Because like Sasa's Oracle is like not a great magic card by itself. So I, I think that's kind of silly if they ban that card. Um, it doesn't really break the rules of magic. Yeah, I mean, like, it can win the game, but I think banning Thassa's Oracle is just, like, kind of silly to me. Um, I mean, people have... I've seen also the argument of, like, Jace Wielder of Mysteries, too. Like, either one of those is, like, I've heard people claiming uh, should be banned, but I, don't, I think Thassa's Oracle would be a little silly, personally, I guess. If it's not a ban in Pioneer and there's a ban in some other format, let's say modern or even standard for some reason, uh, do you think that there needs to be uh, a card ban in any of these formats? Do Would you ban anything right now in any part of Magic the Gathering? Caroline, what's your opinion? So everyone is just assuming it's going to be a Pioneer ban, um, mostly because the format coming up at the next Players Tour, which is the Players Tour Finals in Houston, is pioneer and standard i want to say not not draft so everyone's just assuming it's pioneer but everyone also has just said and knows that modern is really bad right now so i'm just kind of confused as to why no one would 
also have guesses at Modern having a banning. Um, and I don't really pay attention that much because Modern is really bad right now. So I've just assumed that it would also be a Modern banning, but I don't know. So if it was a Modern banning, the cards, the decks that I know that are really popular are um, the Titan deck and the, uh, what's it called? A Drowsy Tron, E-Tron. And so I assume if those decks are just ruling the format, which I, from what I've read and seen they are, then there would be bannings from those decks. But those decks are kind of awkward because there's only one card that they have in common, I think, and that's Once Upon a Time. They both play that card, right? Yep. Um, and I don't really know if that's even the problem. It might be. I guess we don't know that card has banned in like 17 other formats, so <laughs> maybe it is Once Upon a Time and maybe that's where they start. That's kind of where I put them as starting. Um, the other thing is that Titan has been a card and a deck that has had bannings affected or like targeted at it before and this might be the time where they're like oh we actually just have to ban the really good card sort of like what they had to do with opal um where they finally was like okay 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 fine we'll ban the actual problem um and then outside of modern i don't know how to really affect the e-tron deck other than i wrote down urza's tower as a joke <laughs> um i don't i don't know a card would specifically impact the powerfulness of Etron, other than like maybe baby Karn, baby Karn. Yeah, cool. I think it would it would be Karn if that would probably have the biggest impact on the deck. I would think, right? Yeah, but baby, I think you shouldn't ban baby Karn. Baby Karn is a card that makes you work for it, and like it's it's a card it's a card that does cool things, and they try to avoid banning things like that. Like for example, say Hardened Scales was an insanely popular deck. They would be very, very hesitant to ban the card Hardened Scales because that's the cool thing that people are working towards. And they would want to limit, they would ban something that would limit getting to that thing. So Karn is kind of the cool thing you're working towards. Like you have to work pretty hard for Karn to be good. Like you're giving up like 13 sideboard slots or not actually, I think it's like seven, but like it's different than a regular, just powerful, here's six mana, I win the game card. Like. It, they want to keep those cards around. So that's why I don't think that Karn would be on the list for sure. Especially since they banned Mycosynth Lattice recently, um, which is another indicator that they thought Eldrazitron was doing really well. Um, so I think Eldrazitron's just secretly really good and no one's noticing because everyone hates Tron. <laughs> it's great. Um, and then I'm kind of out of my depths in the other formats, but I know that Legacy has been talking a lot about the Breach deck uh, and there aren't really legacy tournaments, so no one's kind of noticing, but I've heard the Breach deck is just, like, taking over the format and also kind of miserable. Like, it kills you with Brain Freeze, right? Which is the mill card. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's also it's also their engine, like, piece as well, which is, like, <laughs> like a two-in-one. Yeah, yeah. Like... Combos that, that have that, combos that don't have to have a dead card in their deck are so powerful. I know that because I've <laughs> stayed in the same room with Matt and Az for more than 10 seconds <laughs> you talked about combo <laughs> yeah it turns out brain freezing yourself and then getting to brain freeze your opponent <laughs> yeah. is reasonable well that was how um, that's how Hogak was also really good because the mill the mill with Hogak was sort of cool because you spent the majority of the time milling yourself because uh, with the altar like the altar kill you would you would do the same thing you would like do a bunch of cool things, make a loop, mill, mill yourself, mill yourself, and then you're like, oh, JK, mill you, kill you. <laughs> like, that was the same thing, where the altar was such a good piece to your your deck and also your win condition. 
Uh, and so I, I didn't really have any insight of, oh, I think Eric, you said during the meeting what they would ban during Legacy. Yeah, unfortunately, it's one of my favorite cards to play with in that format, which is Lion's Eye Diamond. You can um, still play with Mox Opal. Yeah, it, like, that's like saying, like, you could play with, like, you know, one of the Mox hit instead of Black Lotus. You know? <laughs> uh, the, the problem is, is that, like, in these type of decks, Lion's Eye Diamond is essentially Black Lotus a lot of the times. Um, so for those that are not familiar with Lion's Eye Diamond, it's a zero casting cost artifact that you can sacrifice to make three mana of any one color. Uh, but you have to discard your hand as the cost. Um, with Underworld Breach, you're playing with your graveyard as as your hand. So the cards in your hand actually don't matter at, at, at this point. Um, so you, you end up just like casting a bunch of stuff, casting the Underworld Breach, playing the Lion's Eye Diamond, cracking the Lion's Eye Diamond for mana, casting the spell uh, that's in your yard, and then casting Lion's Eye Diamond out of the, your yard, and then just like continuously always having mana for your spells and then always having mana for, um, or and then always being able to having the spell uh, available to you with Underworld Breach and so on and so forth. So like taking away Lion's Eye Diamond is a very big thing for this deck because you don't get this continuous flow of mana at all times. Um, so like, and then it also stop, but it unfortunately stops one of my favorite decks, which is called Ad Nauseum Tendrils, but eh, that's just more of a, uh, a personal issue than anything else. So go around the room. It will start with Carnhawk, the Mr. Toolshed, then Caroline. You ban one card from any format. What is it? Uh, are we doing this selfishly or intuitive? Like, are we supposed to like try to be right, or are we trying to do this as a selfish thing? No. You do you, Eric? Yeah, you do you. You do you. Teferi Time Raveler out of standard. <laughs> uh, Teferi Time Raveler, all formats. <laughs> Slothers for everybody but me. So I ban a Boreal Grazer from all formats, except if your name on the DCI Reporter is Caroline Kavanaugh. Interesting, interesting. Very exclusive bans. Bans for all but certain people. That's that, that's mm -hmm. pretty good. I like that. You and you and the other Caroline Kavanaugh are just like fist pumping right now. Yeah, for, <laughs> for all we know, there's like a whole horde there's of people not. named Caroline Kavanaugh. That I are would, just like really awesome magic players. I'd be willing to bet a lot of money that someone could come forward and say, "Hey, here's my DCI reporter name and number, and it's it's more than two weeks old." <laughs> like like sure. it like it existed before, and they said, "Hey, my name is Caroline Kavanaugh." Right, Caroline right, right. Kavanaugh. C-A-R-O-L-I-N. So I think I'd I'd be safe on the arboreal grazer plan. Perfect. Me. I don't uh, want anyone else playing with my things, guys. I get I it. I want my thing. It's fine. I don't want my any. Brand. I don't want any aggro decks to play anything that they like. So I'm just going to be in Runaway Steamkin uh, for no other reason than I hate mono red. So there you go, Runaway Steamkin. It hates you. Yep. Well, I'm sure it does. And you know, it can come out and just say, you know, hey, we don't like Brasky. Brasky's the worst person ever. It's like, <laughs> I get that. You would say that. After all, I'm 33. Hey, uh, anyone want to get on the Twitter and like make a Twitter account that's like at Steamkin, and then go through all that effort and then tweet at Brasky? <laughs> I don't want to do it. I just want to plant the idea out there for someone else. <laughs> that would be the ultimate troll. That'd be pretty great. Except like Steamkin's already taken, so it's just like Steamkin zero, and then you have to just Steamkin's kind of throw it there. Sixty nine four twenty, obviously. Oh, of course, of course, with X's yeah. on the beginning and end of the name too. 
that might be a different account that one might be taken that's true that's true that's only on your xbox gamer tag all right it's true yeah and this is the type of conversation i think we needed to have here because i I just noticed that for as much as we started off on a goofy foot man we got some real we got really into the weeds about the competitive side of the game right there we didn't go on any tangents i know we were tangentless right there so i figured we needed to kind of go off on a tangent but uh be besides going i've got a good tangent well what's that it's really not a good tangent. Do you actually want to hear? No, and if it's not good, I don't want to hear any of it. Well, it's a story about how my dad came by to visit today. Ooh, I'm, I'm invested. It's got I'm nothing invested. to do with that. I need to hear okay. the story now. So I work from home. So I'm sitting on my computer desk, and I'm working away, totally working away. And totally not playing arena. My dad has a really – I was not. I don't play arena. That's ridiculous. Um, I, my dad has a really specific knock. So he always goes like, I don't know if I can do it. Um, I don't know if you heard that, but wow, that's my dad's knock. The doors at your living space are so cavernous and echoey. So the thing is, is he does that and it was so loud. So I like jumped. I like was like, holy shit, what was that? And so I go to the door and when I go to the door, my dad comes to my window and knocks and gets my attention. And I was like, dad, you can't go to the window if I'm going to the door. Anyway, so I go to the door and I let him in and he's in these this biking gear like rain like tight rain pants and this really like biker jacket and he's just looks ridiculous oh that that type of biker i was thinking like sturgis south dakota (laughs) biker he's wearing like a leather jacket and sculling crossbones and other things he's also my dad's like 74 he's really old (laughs) so comes to the door and he's like takes off his backpack he's like oh hey um a friend of mine told me this really sick deal and i had to go and get it so i went out on my bike today um and I realized I don't actually need that many mushrooms. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, a friend of mine at cooking class was telling me that the the grocery store at this location, which is not near our house, um, had a sale on mushrooms. Regular, basic cooking mushrooms. Sure. And he's like, so I wanted to get some, but I don't actually need that many mushrooms. So I thought, oh, Caroline loves mushrooms. I'll stop by and give her some mushrooms on the way home from my bike ride that I went to buy $1.89 mushrooms. <laughs> so that's my tangent. That my dad biked out of his way to deliver me five mushrooms <laughs> and then left. Canadians doing shrooms on the cheap. That is what I got from that entire conversation right there. You got an Oko request, by the way. It's true. It's, it's going it, to, we might just throw it in there again. We might just have to toss we, it in there. We've been saving up. I've been really careful. It's true, and I appreciate that you are you are very you are very deliberate in your cursing. That is the deliberate cursing. New magic card is what I want to see uh, coming up next. Is what that would be deliberate cursing. That's the next big magic card. Well, the other thing that I want to know uh, whether we are deliberately cursing or maybe just uh, cursing under our breath. Most times, I know when I'm cursing, it's because. I've punted the game away, and it's time to bring back the punt of the week because we have a few. Uh, maybe we have a few stories in there, but I know the punt of the week this time belongs to me because um, I was at a work conference and I was kind of, I was like, oh, I'm gonna get on Discord for a second, and all of a sudden I see that the Mighty Linguini Caroline Cavanaugh has posted about a standard Grixis deck, and that's all I needed to hear. I didn't care what else the deck did. I just heard standard Grixis deck, and I said, fantastic, I want to play it. So she posted the list and again, okay, didn't even on. look at the list. You go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I didn't post the list. Here's what happened. I was like, hey, has everyone seen that this Grixis sack deck is suddenly all over tw- like Twitch? 
because I played I played Lee um, Lee Shu Tian on Arena in the morning, and he was playing it. Then Martin Juza was streaming it, and later in the afternoon, other people started streaming it too. And I was like, wow, it's suddenly taking over Twitch. This is crazy. And Brasky goes, what? I need the list. And I was like, well, I don't know. I just played against Lee on like Arena. I don't have his list. And then he's like, I need the list. I'm at an important work conference, but I need it. And then I found I used Martin's list because I saw that he was streaming it. And that's how you got the list. So don't just say that I casually posted the list. You were like shaking me, like like grabbing my sweater and being like, Caroline, give me the Grixis list. I need it now. Well, it's not like you're just casually posting lists and stuff. I just I'm picturing you like in a hammock, like, oh, here you go. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put this Grixis list in there for you. This is for you. Here you go. But you post a list, and I'm like, great, awesome. So I just copied it, put it into the client when I had a chance to, looked at it, and it's like, great. Oh, my gosh. Can I make all – well, I'm missing something. What am I missing? And I'm like, oh, cool. I'm only missing three cards. It's three copies of Lizav, a Mythic Rare. I have three Mythic Rare wild cards. I need, you know what? Screw it. And click the button. Boom. Got some Lizavs. And the thing is – I was so busy with work and everything else that I've sat there. I have crafted, I used all of my Mythic cards for this Grixis deck. I have not played a game of it yet. You haven't? No, I haven't had a chance to. Because the only time I was playing, I was actually just playing Bant. So I'm just sitting there going, oh, well, um, it's there. And I can't wait to play it this weekend. Uh, But I'm just going to, you know, yeah. (laughs) Why do you got to, why do you got to rain on my parade? Why do you got to throw... Discount, your Cheerios? yeah. What do you got to throw discount mushrooms uh, at my at my dish? My delicacy. They were on of sale, not discounted. That's different. They they are discounted and on sale are the same thing. No, they're really not. Discounted means like they started at a different price and they're lowering them because they need to sell them. On sale is like a cool bonus. You're like, oh, cool! I wanted to buy this item that was totally safe to buy anyway, but now it's on sale. Mm, I'm skeptical on that one. I think if it's discount then it's it's the same thing as being on sale in the first place. Wait, really? Okay, I see it as the like I see it as this. Like sometimes uh superstores or grocery stores buy too much milk. And sure. so when it gets to a certain date, they're not allowed to sell it. Like if it's going to expire tomorrow, they're not supposed to sell it, but they can discount it to encourage you to buy it. This is where how I buy a lot of my cheese cuz their expiry dates of cheese are really like conservative or not conservative. I guess conservative. They 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 say they're going to expire when they're really not conservative. So often, yeah. So often you buy cheese on from the discounted section because it's a lot cheaper. Um, and but on sale is like, oh, cool! If I buy two cans of mushroom soup, I get a third can. That's a sale. But couldn't you just say they're all discounted to a lesser price anyway? Yeah, but they're not forcing me. They're not saying like, oh, you have to buy this mushroom soup because we're going to throw it out. <laughs> this is this is so far in left field. <laughs> This is, I'm not even trolling. This is actually what I believe. I'm, I'm no, really no. I get, like, your thing is totally fine. I'm just saying the whole tangent of sale versus discount and mushrooms is just very strange. The only way we're going to solve this is if people themselves go out of their way to answer this question for us. We can okay? do a poll. Yeah. Is, is, is a discount and a sale the same thing? Because it is. Or, Eric, or are they two different things? Do you have access to the Twitter? Uh, yeah. I do. I can get on Twitter. What's up? You should, well, we can do it later. You should make a poll. Yeah, that's the poll that we need. The difference between a discount and a sale. That's what we'll jump off on. And it's then, just the sentence is, is it discounted? In grocery store specifically, is a discount and sale considered the same thing? I'm going to lose this poll so badly. <laughs> As I lose most of my 
go to Twitter hold, polls. Hold on to the tweet for oh, now. You're because... asking me about the Segoy Twitter, right? Yeah. 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 Not about your own Twitter. I wonder if this is like a Canada versus American thing. That could be what it is, actually. I think in general we should hold off on the tweet until we know we can uh, post it when the podcast has gone up. Oh, smart, smart. Oh, there we go. Exactly. Ooh, nice. We just, like, post a ran- <laughs> we just post a random tweet like four days ahead of time. They're like, why do we care about discounts and sales? Scheduled yeah, tweetings. That's what we need. We did get tweeted at this week. Were you going to talk about that? We did get tweeted at. Okay. I see what this is. Okay. Well, the photos themselves. So it's Caroline in, uh, in winter attire and a snowboard. Uh, the left one obviously having a great time. The right one, something has gone horribly wrong, and uh, and and you know obviously the ego has gotten to her. So that I love, I love the split photos. Now we need to know what the card text is. That's the next step in this whole process. Yeah. So now we got to get back back to the twitters. Someone tweeted us the card text. That's right. So let us know at Swigoy Gaming about uh, the card text of anything that you've heard so far, whether it be the card that we heard earlier, whether or not you think a discount and a sale are the same thing, because don't worry, we will post a poll so you can vote in it, and that's what I need to know. They are not different. They're different. No, they are the same thing, but it is regardless. We are not going to argue over this thing right now. What we will discuss and talk about is basically the fact of I want to know What's the thing we're doing to get better at magic this week? It's very simple. Sean, Mr. Toolshed, what are you doing to get better at magic this week? Hey, that's me. Um, so this week I have picked a deck for, re- I believe I've picked a deck for regionals. Um, after talking about it in our team tournament tonight, I believe I have uh, decided to play Eldrazi Tron for regionals this weekend. So this week, starting tomorrow, I'll be trying to take in as much content about Eldrazi Tron as I possibly can to figure out if it has a good matchup against Amulet Titan and the various Titan decks in general and just stuff like that. I want to learn about as much of the deck as possible. I've played it in a tournament in the past, but it was a different deck then. So I just want to try to get as familiar with po- familiar as possible with the deck before Saturday. So that's what I'll be spending my week doing. Fabulous. Conan Hawk, how about you? Uh, yeah, I'll just be spending my week uh, streaming and also just like finding... Um, using that to find a good standard deck um, that is both good as in like it plays well and also that I enjoy it uh, something that I, I, I find uh, fun so that way I can bring that to Detroit and Caroline how about you I am going to an IRL arena tournament which is always fun to say but basically I think I've talked about one on the past before but uh, we have a local esports arena which is like a it's it's basically a fancy internet cafe. Like, let's be real. It's an internet cafe that's rebranded to say esports, but it's a room full of a bunch of computers that you pay for. Uh, and then they are hosting an arena tournament. Um, it's pretty cool. It's actually really interesting that you can go to an, an event and then play arena. Um, it's going to be like my mini dream hack, but I don't have to bring my laptop. So that's sweet. Uh, it's actually being hosted by second place dream hack competitor, Mani Davuti. Uh, which is pretty exciting. And I really like Lonnie. And he's a good friend of mine. Um, and my other good friend is going to be uh, casting the tournament uh, with Mani. Uh, Hayu is going to be in charge of all of the chit chat. So that's kind of cool. Uh, and then the following weekend, which I guess is sort of spoilers, but it's why I'm working towards standard as I'm going to GB Detroit. And I'm actually going alone in the sense that I'm not traveling uh, with my typical magic playing group of friends 
so I'm kind of nervous and excited and all that jazz. And yeah, that's what I got coming up in the week of magic. Standard, standard, standard. I know that I'm also going to be trying to keep an eye out for other types of events that are going on in the world of Magic the Gathering, and we will find out about those right now as we learn where in the world is Caroline Kavanaugh and where she is going to be and what other events are coming up in the Magic world. Oh, man, I really wish one day we can afford real music. That'd be great. Carol, we have music on the podcast. You just... <laughs> no, we don't. You guys said we don't have any music, and I have been—I've been making up the music because I thought we didn't have any. How would you know? Because you guys told me we didn't have any music, <laughs> and you believe us? Can't, it can't be that weird. Ask anyone that else that makes a podcast. There's no way they listen to it. Of course you do. How else would I'm you here listen right and now. learn to get better? I'm learning by look, look, look. <laughs> yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah. Go back and listen to that part because I'm leaving that one in. <laughs> Uh, okay, where in the world am I? I am in Vancouver, but that's not what we're doing. Uh, this weekend coming up is SCG Regionals. I have no information about it. Go Google it. March uh, 6 to 8, also coming up this weekend, is Magic Fest Leon. Um, there, an interesting little thing about that was there, were, there was some speculation on whether or not this tournament would go forth. Um, everything I saw on Twitter was saying, like, hey, we're not, like, it's looking good. We have no reason to cancel the tournament as of today. This was last week. Um, so it is my understanding that that tournament will take place. Um, there has been some precedents where some large esports events were canceled last minute um, this this past weekend, actually, due to not due to the organizers deciding that they didn't want to have them anymore, actually due to the city that they were being hosted in revoking their um you actually get a license to host an event it's very common in cities and so the the city that this esports event was being hosted in was revoked they revoked their license to have a gathering and they still hosted the esports event but didn't have any viewers or any like audience members uh that being said that's not happening with leon it is still considered happening uh but it does talk a little bit about our future and some other uh, events that I'll highlight. Um, so we have March 14th is actually going to be the Ikoria Mythic uh, Qualifier, number two, which I am not qualified for because I did not make top 1,200 Mythic this month, unfortunately. Um, but I believe, Eric, are you qualified for this one? Uh, I didn't make top 1,200 Mythic, but I think I'm top 200 in the in Mythic, Mythic points. points. Yes, so yeah, I you are. I'm qualified. You are. I looked at the list today, actually. You're good. It's a little annoying because they rank it by like, like they rank it by first and then there's like six people in first and then second, there's like 12 people in second. But I did like rough math and you should be fine. <laughs> um, and then March 13th to 15th, obviously the same weekend is also Magic Fest Detroit, which uh, I've already confirmed I'm going. Sean has confirmed he's going. Eric has confirmed he's going and Brasky doesn't like us, so he's not coming. Um, it's going to be standard, uh, which... I realized I don't know why I was pushing to go to this event so badly because Paper Standard has not been my favorite GPs to go to in the past, but I'm locked in. I got some cards coming down the pipeline and it's going to be great. <laughs> um, and then following that, the reason I'm going through all these GPs will be obvious in a little bit, but follow that is March 20th to 22nd is Magic Fest of Sao Paulo in Brazil. Um, I've not been there, but it's great. Uh, March 27th to 29th, is Magic Fest Louisville 
in Louisville. <laughs> it's Pioneer. Um, I don't know what the San Paulo one is. I didn't write it down. But anyway, the reason I bring all that up is because that is the end of season two. The last, the the last uh, GP that qualifies for series two, uh, both players tour and player tour finals is Magic Fest Louisville. That was why I went through all that list. Um, and then starting after that, in April will be qualifying for series three. Uh, and then, so all, you know, all that kind of matters. I will say, however, on April 3rd to 5th, there was a magic fest scheduled for Turin, uh, but it has been canceled. Um, and one of the reasons I wanted to highlight that was a lot of people were freaking out about Leon, but Leon is like in three days. It just seems so unlikely that CFE would cancel an event that was basically organized and booked by everybody. Whereas Turin, you know, one month out, you could theoretically start getting some refunds or make alternate plans or change your, your adventure ideas. So that is why I imagine that they canceled Turin so far out, like almost a month away, whereas Leon, they're, they're leaving it in. Um, I'm curious to see how Grand Prix in North America do or how they last um, because it is starting to become a world issue. It was already it was already an issue with um, the coronavirus in uh, China, and now it's starting to spread. And I think we can't just say, oh, it's not here anymore, because that's just not true. So I'm a little concerned about my trip to Detroit. I think it will be okay. And obviously, I'm still going to go and have a good time. But it's something I've been thinking a lot about, like, oh, what can I do to like help myself out, wash my hands, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it's different. We're in a different kind of phase of our existence as humans right now. So. Uh, definitely something to think about. Uh, also, I just realized something really sad. We didn't talk about GP Reno. And not only did we not talk about Magic Fest Reno, we didn't talk about it in the sense that, like, we just didn't even mention it happened. And one of the notes I had on the show notes was that no one talked about Magic Fest Reno because it didn't have coverage. And then we just didn't talk about it. So we just like solidified the fact that no one cares that a good friend, well, a friend of mine won the tournament. I can't, does anyone even know what happened? I don't know. That's it. We don't have to talk about it. I just realized I'm just sad. The, the sad thing is, is I know the deck that won one of the PTQs at Reno, and I couldn't tell you who was in the top eight of Reno. You're only saying like that. If you asked me to name it. one person. It, it had Archbound Ravager in the deck that, you that you're talking about. You care more about Archbound Ravager than anyone else. Well, I mean, not only that, but it's like, the thing is, is like I saw a Twitter picture of the top eight decks from that PTQ. I don't think I've seen a Twitter picture of the there, top eight of Reno. There wasn't. Eric Severson top eighted, and Eric Severson's pretty cool. Eric Severson's the one person that I've ever played at a Grand Prix where he beat me twice in the same day at two different Grand Prix. Wow. <laughs> um, but he he top eighted, so he was tweeting about it, and then uh, I had I got I found out who won by texting the ultimate winner and said, "Hey, did you win?" He's like, "Yeah." <laughs> I was like, "Sweet, now I know who won. <laughs> Great." There was also an issue. The website just had the bracket wrong. Like ALGBI was doing data and then Eric had to tweet at him or like message and was like, oh, um, I I played this person, not that, not what the bracket says. I played a different person. <laughs> it was rough. Can we just bring back coverage, please? Hashtag Frank Karsten. And that's that's going to cover it for this, for this uh, little podcast that we have right now for Friends in Magic. So to be clear, let's understand something. Watch very good movie series. 
play good standard decks, don't get your cards banned, learn what's coming up, and above all else, wash your freaking hands. That's all we really need to know about this. That's kind Where of the, the whole audience. Well, the mushrooms kind of fit in the, later on. We're not going to get into that topic because that topic is going to be decided by the Twitter users, which people oh, right, can okay. find by going to Twitter at Swagoy Gaming. So if you go to at Swagoy Gaming, let us know what you think about this uh, wonderful little podcast. And while you do that, then maybe subscribe wherever it is that you listen to this podcast, whether it be iTunes or Spotify or any place else. Subscribe. Leave us a review. Tell us what you like, what you don't like, where we think, well, what we can do better. And it certainly is speaking because I just had trouble with that sentence. But... When we're not having trouble speaking, we are playing Magic, and some of us do it on the internet. So I want to know where folks can find you and the content that you create. Sean, Mr. Toolshed, what do you got? Yeah, so... <clears throat> oh, sorry. So you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Toolshed or twitch.tv slash Mr. Toolshed. I will be streaming... I think I'll be streaming in Eldrazi Tron League uh, Friday night, and then all of next week I'll be streaming... Um, blue white for detroit so come hang out on twitch with me um you can find me at regionals this weekend or with us the swagoy members in detroit next weekend if you want to come say hi that'd be great sounds great conan hawk how about you uh yeah you can find me monday through friday on twitch.tv slash conan hawk uh unless i'm traveling in which case you can find those uh announcements on twitter at conan hawk uh and you can also see me when i am traveling at conan hawk on instagram Fabulous. Caroline Cavanaugh, how about you? Sorry, I'm just dying because Eric sounds like he's dying. I may oh or may God. not be dying. Eric, are you even going to stream tomorrow? Uh, if I have a voice, I will be streaming, yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm like dying just looking at you. Okay, you can find me at on Twitter at Mighty Linguini, M-I-G-H-T-Y-L-I-N-G-U-I-N-E. You can find me on Instagram at The Mighty Linguini, and you can find me on twitch.tv slash The Mighty Linguini. I stream on Wednesdays. I always have a guest, but we don't always play magic. I will say, speaking of magic and the fact that this podcast will already not be out by the time I finish, but I am playing a lot of magic on stream this week because I was the MD, was the featured creator for Watsy. Hashtag spawn, hashtag awesome, hashtag stuff. Um, and that was really fun. So feel free to stop by and hang out. Um, there might be some giveaways. There might be some opening of packs and lots of stories. Lots, lots of stories. <laughs> Sounds wonderful. As always, you can find me on Twitter and Twitch at Brasky1142. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you, from to seeing you, to doing all the things that are related to magic and related to the gathering that goes along with it. So for all of us, that's going to do it for us on another episode of Friends in Magic. We will see you all next week. Bye-bye. Bye, friends. Conan Hawk made it. Yay. Yay. Eric, you were fine until the like until the, the shilling part. You just did not sound like yourself. Go to bed. I ran out of water.